Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Guys, guess what? It's your birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> so, if you guessed correctly, a couple weeks ago we asked you guys to guess what my birthday episode would be about. Um, it's about a what? woman's right to self-defense a good way to put it yeah we this is a topic that matt's very passionate about and also very knowledgeable about he's not like blindly passionate about it because i think that sometimes tends to be like the assumption like i don't know it's something that you're very knowledgeable about and i've actually come to know and learn that and also i think appreciate that a little bit because i think it is something that so much of our nation doesn't really know much about i don't really know a whole lot about it so Mm -hmm. basically to give you guys, I basically said, okay, it's it's your birthday. Like, we'll do an episode on whatever you want to talk about. And this is something he cares a lot about and, and really is passionate about helping other people learn more about. Yeah. And also me learn more about. So basically, the format of this episode is me learning <laughs> um, in that I... From me and our guest, yes. Antonia Okafor. Yes. She is a spokesperson for um, Gun Owners of America, um, which is a uh, gun rights lobbying group um not the nra mm-hmm. you'll actually come to find out that most gun owners dislike the nra more than people who are anti mm-hmm. second amendment which it's is so kind of funny yeah but um want to talk about this in light of the recent events that she's also on. a firearms instructor oh yeah yeah so she's yeah certified firearms instructor and um her organization is empowered to a and she goes around the country and teaches women uh, the basic principles of self-defense um, as far as carrying a firearm mm-hmm. or, you know, just advocating to defend yourself in the most legal way possible, depending on depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. So, and she was actually in Virginia um, at these uh, recent protests that have taken place. This was recorded prior to that, but in light of those events, we want to dive into this subject. Um, I think you guys will find it really interesting. Yeah, and, I found it really interesting. I've really tried to open my... I never really cared much about the subject, to be honest, until it became something that you became more open about talking about. And um, yeah, it just has kind of piqued my interest to learn more about. So yeah, like I said, this is really an episode where I'm asking the questions and I'm kind of in, if you're feeling a little bit unsure of where you stand on this kind of thing or feel like you're just not super informed or you do feel informed, but you want to learn more. I mean, I think this will be a very informative, helpful episode. It's I'm basically sitting with you and just kind of, uh, I guess, asking the questions and guiding the conversations so that I can be more informed, so that we can be more informed. And, you know, I think what I want to highlight before we even dive in is Matt is, I think, more pro-family and pro women's empowerment honestly like than even just the gun itself it's not really about Mm -hmm. the firearm per se it's about how is there 
like how did you describe it? You said something like this is the great equalizer. Like this is the Yeah, the firearms are great equalizer. It, so like, somebody it empowers shortens... a woman more than pretty much anything in some ways. Yeah. Like it's a I mean, way if you, to if you really fully... care about women's empowerment, the bottom line is you want a woman to be able to protect herself mm-hmm. and, her kids. and not have mm-hmm. to rely on uh you know calling 911 mm-hmm. where the average response time is 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not going to stop the burglar mm-hmm. or the rapist at the door. Mm-hmm. And so um, really just the fundamental right to self-defense and the freedom that we have to exercise that right. Mm-hmm. Um, we just want to dive into that a little bit more. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with guns, that's okay. A lot of people aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just really think this conversation is going to help enlighten you and maybe, uh, pass it on to a friend. Yeah. So, so without further ado, it's me, Jay and Antonio Okafor. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. What's up, friends? Welcome to another episode of the She Podcast. Today, I have my friend Antonia on with me. Antonia, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you and just be in a public space about it. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> because I am, know what we're talking about. Yes, I am so honored to have you on. This is such a, I think, necessary conversation that we should, we just, I can't wait to share. And I also asked my husband, Matt, to join me. So he's sitting here with me. Hey guys. So I asked him because we're going to get into some topics today that he is a little bit more familiar with than I am. And so I thought I would host this conversation and he's going to add some commentary as well. So just for context, he's here listening in, adding his wisdom. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to dive right in. Antonia, I think the best place to start, can you tell me a little bit of your story um, that you had shared with me when we were um, at this event that we met at? And we'll then get into how that influence you to get to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. My parents are actually Nigerian immigrants. So Mm -hmm. um, I kind of grew up for the most part of the first five years was um, in the inner city of Dallas. Um, Eventually, we moved to suburban Carrollton, Texas. Um, And just, you know, on the outside, I think a lot of people would have been like, okay, they just, you know, my, my mom or my dad just like upgrade or whatever. Well, the part of it, though, is that, you know, I really come from a broken home. Um, so my dad actually found out, I found out later uh, when he went to prison, um, is that he was actually selling um, drugs, you know, obviously illegally. Um, and he was doing that. And that's how we kind of got away from, like, you know, low-income inner city Dallas to suburban, pretty, you know, middle of the road, well off mm-hmm. um, in Carrollton, Texas. And interesting there's so many like interesting stories that i think i just kind of forget about or whatever but um i remember this man when i was about five or four years old and we would call him uncle tom and the reason why we called him uncle tom is because um he would watch tom and jerry the cartoon with us Mm. all the time and he became a family friend and then later to find out after my father went to prison and then Subsequently, my mom went to prison. She was actually, also, she was counted as an accessory since she was married to my dad, um, was that he was an undercover FBI, FBI agent. Um, so uh, he was the one who was really uh, getting all the intel and everything. And finally, uh, my, my father went to prison because of that. Um, so, yeah, that's just the beginning of my story wow. um, in Dallas, Texas. Holy cow. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> very drama. But 
that was my that was my life a lot of it and mm-hmm. you know my mom grew up um, my mom uh, raised us as a single mother and still in that home that we had in Carrollton, Texas um it was not easy but um yeah just and that side of it was was my my mom and my dad and my family and um and then completely different um incident in Nigeria while we were there visiting um when I was 5 uh, I was actually, I would say sexual assault usually, but um, just so people get the gravity of like where I'm coming from, um, I was actually raped when I was five back mm-hmm. in Nigeria. And so, um, so, so that, that part of it too. So a lot of things happened um, in my life just in the nineties alone when I was about five, six years old and uh, had a big play in like, you know, what I believe in now. Um, although it's kind of shifted um, in different ways, but yeah, yeah, that's a little bit of my story. Wow. Okay. First of all, the FBI agent just threw me. I was like, I thought Uncle Tom was just <laughs> Uncle Tom. Oh my gosh. And then that your story from what happened when you were such a little girl and so impressionable and innocent. And, you know, I want to touch on something that you had shared with me and that I know about you, um, that you have an organization that you've started called Empowered. And mm-hmm. can you just give me like a brief, what is Empowered? Just, and then I want to dig into it a little bit, but what, how would you summarize it in like two sentences? <laughs> Yeah, so Empowered is a nonprofit organization um, that educates, um, equips, and trains young women um, in high school and college uh, to be essentially empower them through their right to self-defense, their right to the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we talk about, you know, just the basic aspects of things like training um, when it comes to firearm ownership, but also other methods of non-lethal um, defense, but then also just changing their mindset of, you know, a culture that says that you need to be a victim, Mm -hmm. you know, as a sexual assault survivor, I want to empower women so they're not in those situations or they can know how to empower themselves out of those situations. So that's what empowered really is. Hmm. Okay. So my question is, um, well, I actually have a lot of questions. I can't, I'm excited to dive into this, but, um, I love what you said about not being a victim. And I think of like, I think why I want, and ultimately why I wanted you to share some of your story first is because, you know, you could really fall into that place where you're like, but I am a victim and I was a victim of things Mm -hmm. that were unjust and unfair. That's absolutely true and valid, but I love how you've taken this stance of, but I'm not going to choose to live like a victim. I'm going to learn how I can be on the offensive versus the defensive and actually then use the experiences that I've had to equip other women to take more of a victor standpoint versus a victim, even if they have literally been a victim of something completely undue and unjust. Um, And would you say that, what was the decision to create this? Was it, you know, informed by the experience from when you were five or from multiple experiences? Uh, What really was the inspiration for you or what made you say, you know what, I need to do this? Yeah, I think I'd say a turning point. Um, really was when I was in college. And um, so I told people, I'm telling you guys my story about, you know, what I went through because I wanted people to understand, like, I since then have always been seeking to get that power back, right? Like when mm-hmm. something like that happens to mm-hmm. you, I think most people are trying to, you know, find a way of a means of getting that power back and, and being empowered again. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the grace of God, he used that starting in when I was 20, I mean, being saved. Um, and that was just like, the the you know the foundation obviously but then he used other parts of my life and me you know wanting to empower other women you know I would I still kind of say I'm and it's very gonna get people like well I'm still I would say a 
quote unquote feminist because I, I really believe in the quality of, of women and, and that, you know, women should feel just as empowered as any other person. Um, and so when I was in college, I was really into the feminist movement and getting women empowered and stuff like that. But it was through that and God like changing my view of what that empowerment really looks like and what that means and how it's separate from the worldly view of empowerment. Um, that actually he he got me more into, okay, well, I'm not a victim, I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. And because of Christ, I'm a victor. I'm a victor. That's what my name will always mm-hmm. be part of, you know, resonate with is being a victor because I'm a victor in Christ. Um, so what can I do to change my lifestyle and my beliefs to kind of, um, to actually reconcile those two things together, right? If I really do believe I'm not a victim and I'm a victor, then what other things can I be doing to really empower other women. And one of the big things that changed my mind was the whole um, self-defense aspect of things of, of the second amendment and seeing it differently than I saw before, before, you know, I didn't really, my, my mom didn't, you know, really get into guns or anything like that. Like my family wasn't, didn't even know what the second amendment was because my parents are Nigerian immigrants. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a big topic in my household. Um, so when I went to college, the big thing was talking about sexual assault on college campuses and a very real, you know, aspect of what happens on campuses and and there was this big debate you know some people on one side would say well the numbers are skewed it's not really that big and then the other side would say well we need to talk we need to focus on the guys who are who are the perpetrators and and that's the big you know argument is the men who are pushing this rape culture and stuff like that and for me as a survivor I was like well first of all I don't care what the numbers are if we can just help one woman that's all that matters to me like if we can prevent one woman Mm-hmm. One in five, one in four doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side, I was just like, well, okay, if you you really want to talk about empowering women, then why don't we empower women to have the means to train and utilize a tool that is used with someone who's actually a good person mm-hmm. um, to save their life or someone else? And why don't we empower them to, to use that tool and have that option? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell people that on college campuses, the two ordained mean the administration ordained um, means of self-defense were my uh, my rape whistle that I received freshman orientation. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I would walk from home from grad school at nighttime and then have literally have my cell phone in my other hand with pre-dialed 911. Like those were the two administration ordained ways of self-defense on college campuses. Mm-hmm. And so I got into the concealed carry on campus movement because I really, truly believe it was the next um, avenue of really empowering other women that a firearm, if used, I mean, obviously it's a tool and the person who's using it, who's behind that firearm is the one who can use it for self-defense or um, for using it for evil. And so um, I trust myself. I know that I'm using it to defend my life. And so why can't we trust other women to do the same and allow them that option if they so choose to defend their lives with it. And so I started getting into the concealed carry movement because I really believe that this is an extension, a void that the feminist empowerment movement did not want to talk about mm. um, and didn't push. So I, yeah. I, I really like what you said there, like how it, it's a tool and you can either use it to defend yourself or you know, you can use it like to take somebody else's life senselessly. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, for the audience listening, if, if any of you guys follow follow me, you know that I'm also a really staunch Second Amendment advocate. And it's it's because of that idea of, look, the firearm, it, it's like a hammer. Like, it, it it's a neutral, like, as far as, like, 
but there's no morality attached to it. Like it's a morally neutral object. Like what you choose to do with it can be moral or it can be immoral. And I, right. I think, you know, truly making the women's empowerment movement, like taking it full circle, like, like you said, it's incomplete without that. Cause if a woman can't defend themselves, she's, de- she's depending on a campus police officer who's or, hopefully close, close enough. By. Right. And it, you know, right. There's a saying that goes like when, when seconds count, police are only minutes away. Mm-hmm. And so really taking ownership of your personal safety and responsibility is that first step to really true, true empowerment. Mm-hmm. So I, what I want to ask you is how did you even, how did you come to the conclusion that firearms were the, were the, or like concealed carry was like the best means? Yeah, I just thought of it, I thought of it logically. Well, kind <laughs> of, and maybe it's a little bit too uh, simplistic to just say it like that, but in a way it makes sense too. Yeah. The fact that, you know, there's a saying, I mean, that's common too, right? You know, bringing a knife to a gunfight, like you're not, why would you willingly only choose to bring a tool that, you know, the guy who's, or a girl, but mostly, most of the time is, you know, unfortunately a man, like, the man who's even, say, 150 pounds, 160 pounds against a 110-pound woman, and maybe she has a knife, maybe she had pepper spray, but he has a gun. And also, he's 150 pounds, 160 pounds, right? Like, you are more than likely going to to lose because you're not going to bring a knife to a gunfight. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, you know, they're there to do the most amount of damage in the least amount of time. If, and they're probably going to have a firearm with them. And that's the, you know, the highest amount of damage that you can do with a tool. Like that's the readily, right. you know, accessible. So then you should also be prepared. And also, I mean, no one's saying that you have to, but if you want to, you should have the means to be able to at least be equal to that other person who's, who's intent on doing harm to you. But, but especially women, like, you know, I, we talk about with empowered gun rights or women's rights mm-hmm. and some people get mad on both sides. Well, it's true because you know what, physically a woman is just, more than likely going to be weaker than a man. And, and so the gun really is the greatest equalizer when it comes to that and, you know, preparing women to be in that fight, then you can't say, well, then the best tool is to use something that's already even less than, you know, and a more effective means of self-defense. So that's why it's important to push that when, when, when women or men are, are, you know, capable and willing and want to go that far. So I'm not just saying every, single person should you know just have a gun just because you know they should um at the end of the day it's that we have that right and that you get to use that right if you want to those who want to should and then those who don't want to then fine get pepper spray get a knife you have that right but we should also have that right if we want to have a firearm to use that as self-defense right i i I love that because you you know, you, you could get pepper spray, but that's only effective at a certain distance. He's got to be pretty um, close to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and yeah. it's like and you you have to be able to get that out of your purse or whatever, it, the little pouch it comes in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you could have that used on yourself. I mean, you could also have a, a gun used on yourself. But a, a lot of the times, even if the man is unarmed and he's, you know, you, you. yeah, someone's trying, you're walking in a parking lot at night. Like even if he just has a knife or does is unarmed as well, like you said, like like statistically, scientifically, men are stronger than women in most case. Like, 
um, most cases. Like physically. Yeah, yeah. physically stronger. And so, mm -hmm. like like you said, the firearm's a great equalizer. Like you, like Jordan is 5'4", tiny little thing. Like she might as well be 6'6", like 260 mm -hmm. if she's armed. Because it's like that's how it truly evens the playing field. And it's not only just being armed but being trained. So for for the woman who's listening who has no firearms experience, um, like doesn't know anything about guns, like where what resources do you have or what recommendations do you have for her to start learning about this? Yeah, I um so I'm actually a certified firearms instructor and that was part of my journey. Um and I always talk about how, like, just four or five years ago, I was that woman. I was, even as an activist, that so was pushing concealed carry on campus in Texas, which now Texas does have. You are able, if you're 21 years of, of age and older and you have your permit, uh, your concealed carry permit, you can also legally go into a state university and carry um, concealed. Um, but I remember even, like, a year or two into it, I was still afraid of firearms because again, I didn't grow up with them. It's not like this, you start talking about it and you understand the right, which I did. I understood the right, you know, for the second amendment to have that ability, but it didn't mean that I was as comfortable automatically with firearms. And so mm -hmm. I had to go with my own, my own um, journey into, you know, carrying a firearm, shooting for the first time, um, and then understanding why it's important to continue to carry every day and, and stuff like that. Like, that took a while. And then finally, now I'm a firearms instructor four or five years ago, four or five years into it. So um, I would say to that woman, like, I was that woman not too long ago. And you can definitely, um, you know, get to where I'm at or, you know, just get to the point where you're, you're comfortable with a firearm. And then that's the biggest thing is that there are so many women who are just fearful of firearms because they're fearful because they don't understand it, right? Mm -hmm. Like they think that a gun can just go off, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I'm full disclosure, like I believe that too. Like for a long time, I was scared. I didn't understand the technology about it. Like you only get most of your information from TV and unfortunately like mass shootings or when someone, you know, kills somebody else. You're not going to see the stories of a woman defending herself with a firearm. Like mm -hmm. that's maybe local news, maybe. Right. But for the most part, it's not going to be celebrated. It's not going to be a national news. So you see the bad people, the mm -hmm. bad guys, um, or just see guys with guns and you don't think it's something that a woman should be a part of or, mm -hmm. you know, is comfortable doing, you know, being part of that situation. So um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, get comfortable with going to the range, getting someone that you trust, hopefully another woman. There's not many women right now, unfortunately, in that space. Um, right now, there's um, the statistics are 22% of gun owners are now women, and it's growing steadily every year. But think about those women who are just getting into it and who are beginners, and maybe they just stop there. And then at that time, then trying to find people who are quote-unquote experts who have continued with their training and now are teaching other people. There's, there's just hardly any other women who are who are instructors right now. And so um, if you can find another woman um, instructor in your area, get them to, you know, teach you about firearms or just to get to the point where you're not fearful anymore. And then more than likely you're going to want to continue to on that training and that journey and uh, either still carry yourself or um, just continue to shoot and train. But mm -hmm. it all starts with getting someone you trust to help you get acclimated to that. Because I promise you after the first time you shoot, you'll finally understand like why guns are not something that you should be so fearful of because it's you behind that trigger, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's not somebody else. 
With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like these are incredible. Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. A couple things I want to contribute. Actually, I want to say something that I was thinking about when you were talking about the equalizer, and then I want to ask a question. Mm-hmm. The first thing is, I think, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes I think some, the fear of having to actually maybe use that, especially if you are in a situation where you are in a dark parking lot and someone is approaching you, even just showing, I believe that that's something that's 
on your person is immediately an equalizer and there's not always even the need to use it. Um, am I right. right in thinking that in that even just someone seeing and knowing that you're armed and are able to defend yourself, it's a deterrent in some ways. Right. Absolutely. That's great, Jordan. And that's true. And most of the situations where people do actually use a firearm um, in defense, most of the time they're not even shooting that perpetrator. They're mm-hmm. just showing that perpetrator. So the, mm-hmm. the statistics have shown it's a, a little bit over a million people a year use a firearm in self-defense. Um, of that number is 200,000 women who use firearm self-defense. And those women are most of the time just having something to show like, look, I can, I, I can uh, definitely, you know, defend myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what most criminals are looking for. Um, not only just that aspect of getting to that far of, in that scenario, it's situational awareness. And that's what I, I tell other people too. 90% of it is that the criminal is looking for someone that they think that they can do the most harm in the least amount of time, mm-hmm. right? And so I tell them, particularly on college campuses, one of the biggest, most simple things that you can do to make sure that you're not a target is that, you are aware that you're not just walking to the parking lot with your head down, like, you know, head, like just completely down on the phone, like earphones in. And you see that all the time, men and women, but Mm -hmm. you know, we see a lot of people who are just, they just want to completely act like they don't have the world around them. And the world is still, you know, the world is still watching you, even if you don't hear or like see them. Right. And there are those who want to use that and take advantage of those moments to, to overrule, to overpower you. Um, Particularly they just think a woman and they think that's not, they're not going to have a gun. They're not going to have any ways of, of defending themselves. So that's a big thing. It's a situational awareness part of it. Like keep, when I tell women who are going in parking lots at night, like keep your eyes up, like go straight, like feel like you're empowered already. And the way that you walk, the way that you, you hold yourself, um, go straight to your, your car or, or whatever, and, um, keep your head up. Like Mm -hmm. those are just simple things. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, yeah, go the next step and have a firearm, have pepper blaster, which is a gel versus a spray, have something that if unfortunately you still get in that situation, you're able to come out of it hopefully alive, but mm-hmm. the situational aspect is going to work wonders and just keeping you from even being in that situation in the first place. Yeah, it's so good. Um, one other question I wanted to ask too is, I mean, this is obviously right now a very controversial issue and it's a tough thing I think to talk about and to step into. And I think some people don't even really have a full understanding of why the second amendment exists because, um, mm-hmm. and for a long time I felt like I, like you said, there's this discomfort with guns. It's an uncomfortable topic to talk about with firearms. Um, it's often painted as it is evil in and of itself, kind of like Matt was touching on a little bit ago. Um, what's your response to that? If there's a woman who's like, I don't understand why anyone would ever need that because I think that's often what a lot of people feel or are unsure of. And I think part of that does come down to education. I've been in that place too. I'm like, what's the big deal? We're safe. Everything's fine. But now with a lot of threat mm-hmm. to that, to that right. And, you know, like you said, highlighting all these bad things that can happen without ever highlighting what the good in this is. Can you just speak into that a little bit? Cause I feel mm-hmm. like you are much more equipped to speak into it than I am. Um, Cause I think I have a much more understanding now, but for a long time I was still, I was in that place of like, I don't really see why it's a big deal. Like why, why do we need this? These are unsafe tools, you know? Right. And you know what the answer is, unfortunately, a lot of those women um, don't understand it until something bad happens to them or someone they care about. Mm -hmm. Um, So the women that I I teach a free concealed carry course at Guns for Everyone in Beat Ridge, and anyone wants to go to usually once a week um, in Colorado. And 
the women that I've spoken to, like even to say two weeks ago when I did have my first class um, at that location, um, most of I would I would always ask. I start off with asking everybody their story, where they're at, you know, you know how they got you know here um, at that place, and most of them are. There's a lot of people who are domestic uh, violence abuse victims um, or survivors, rather. I, I like to say survivors when I can. Um, they're survivors, so mm-hmm. domestic abuse or domestic violence. Um, some of you know it has to do with their children because they want to protect their children and they're a single mother a lot of single mothers who know that they are responsible for their children's safety as well as their own safety um and then um so those are the the two big ones usually that i hear this week when i did the class um a lot of it i mean they still have a lot of the same type of background of domestic violence and stuff like that a lot of women though were like i saw what happened in el paso and look i'm scared like i want to know that if i go to a walmart that i can defend myself i can defend my my kids and my family Mm -hmm. and that's why i'm here and so and then i think that's the big shift is that you know a lot of people what happened with el paso and everything and, and with ohio a lot of the news wants it to be that, you know, everyone is on the same page, like it's enough is enough, gun control now, like, you know, those type of narratives, or even on the other side of gun rights or whatever. I think people think immediately about themselves and their family, like that they just think about that first. And you should, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you're in that scenario, in that situation, they, those people unfortunately could not, you know, rely on those police to be there because mm-hmm. they weren't there. It's up to you and people understand that. And so those people understand that they're going to conceal carry classes. They're going to get go and get trained. They're going to figure out like, I'm fearful of firearms. There's the girl there who said that like, oh, look, I'm afraid of guns. That's why I'm here because I knew that I could get educated and hopefully not be so fearful. Okay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your political views afterwards. I just care that when you see this tool that you're not afraid, no one should live life being, you know, afraid of something that they don't know about mm-hmm. uh, just because of education. So that's the biggest thing is, you know, seeing so many women have that response of, I want to take safety into my own hands. I, if I really believe in feminism and empowerment and, and what have you, then isn't this just an extension of that? Isn't this a way to empower myself and to make sure that I will not be a victim um, in case I, I do walk into a Walmart or what or whatever, like, or a parking lot? Like, I don't want to be in that scenario. I want to empower myself. So that's yeah. what that line of thinking really comes down to. Hmm. Yeah, that is, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you see so many like you, you see tragic shootings like this and you know, so it, so many of them could be avoided if there were more people carrying in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read a interview, uh, this past week of a, there was a, a guy who was out shopping with his mom. Uh, I think it was like a teenager out shopping with his mom at, at that Walmart in El Paso. And she always, she would always carry a firearm with her. And that day when she was at Walmart mm-hmm. and that gunman came in, she didn't have it on her and she could have been the difference, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, you have, you know, the, the statistic that like, that is often thrown around is, you know, there's, there's roughly 40,000 firearm deaths every year in the United States. Now that number sounds really high. Um, 60% of those are suicides. Mm-hmm. So you take right. that 60% out. Out of that remaining 40%, 80% of the remaining 40% are gang-related. Um, and so, again, 
without those numbers, you have about 14,000 um, deaths every year due to firearms. And a very, very small percentage of that are actually done with rifles. The majority of them are done with handguns. Um, and right. so yeah. what, what you see is you have one stat, you're like, okay, that like 14,000, that's, that's a lot of people. But on the flip side, you know, that number is actually, you have anywhere from one to 2 million uses like defensive firearm uses every year compared to that. And it's such a, I mean, it, it's a fraction of a percent, mm -hmm. like the, the, positives vastly outweigh the negatives and just because a, a handgun is used in self-defense doesn't mean it's fired mm -hmm. and so it's it's hard to track those stats like it could just be like a, if a woman's cornered by a man like all she has to do is point the gun at him he's gonna run mm -hmm. and so that there it, it's kind of hard to track those statistics but it's like that is the net positive for firearm ownership like i don't care what your political beliefs are i i believe that you have the right to defend yourself Mm -hmm. And that right isn't guaranteed. Like it's, it's the right doesn't come from the government. Mm -hmm. It's a God given, it's a natural right. Mm -hmm. And that's what our founders believed when they implemented the second amendment. It wasn't that, Oh, the government decides whether you can, if you have the you know right to defend yourself. No, they believe that you have the right to defend your life and to defend your property and your family. Mm -hmm. And we're yeah. just going to throw this guarantee in the constitution as like a safeguard. Mm hmm. And that, that's why I think so many people forget. It's like, look, our, our rights come from God, mm -hmm. not the government. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know. That's like the safeguard to make sure. And I think you've said it well before, hun, where, because I've always had a hard time up until very recently understanding a lot of this. And one thing that you've always said is like, a lot like a lot of the rights that are protected for like whether that's free speech or whether that's like all these rights that we have um i don't know if that's the best example but you know it's like the second that that right is stripped away even though that's a god-given right to defend yourself the right to bear arms if that's stripped away then it kind of strips it kind of strips you of your of your ability to actually enforce any of the other rights like when you're not able to defend yourself it's hard to defend your right to life and all these other things that mm -hmm. could easily be taken away from you and another thing that i think you've pointed out that has helped me better understand this as a woman and as a woman who's in involved in helping empower other women you know this is a very necessary part of that conversation that i think gets swept under the rug it's like oh no just don't struggle with perfectionism i'm like there's so many other elements mm -hmm. to empowerment than just being a girl boss and not struggling with perfectionism you know but that's all that seems mm -hmm. to be talked about and so um you know i think another thing that you had mentioned and that really helps me understand is there is this kind of push for you know like you mentioned babe you said something about oh we're all on the same page or maybe you said that antonia but you know this idea that everyone's on the same page like if there were more laws or more you know or if it was banned or whatever but the reality is criminals don't follow laws so if criminals want to hurt people yeah. they're going to find a way to get a gun anyway and if no one has the actual ability and the means to really defend themselves we're going to have even a more rise of these types of issues um and i think that right. me understanding it through that lens was so huge because for so like i i think that's really important to understand is that criminals don't obey laws and i think that's yeah. actually something i wanted to touch on is the laws element because i've also heard the argument and if you can both speak into this both of you knowing this area a lot more than I do I'm more of like the question asker asking the questions I think maybe many of us are thinking is um so you know w there's a lot of people who say things like okay um why are there not you know like Matt said you know a, a, a hammer is a tool or a car is a tool and there's the argument of okay well why are there not more and more laws around guns you know there's laws around driving your car to guide your car like 
I, th- I don't think enough of us are educated on, are there a lot of gun laws? Mm-hmm. Are there restrictions? Like, and I know Matt, you've spoken into this before, so maybe you can touch on it. And Tony, if you want to add anything, but that's a question that I think is asked a lot. Like, why are there not more regulations? Why are there not more rules? Shouldn't, doesn't a mm-hmm. car have more rules than a gun? And so I just think that's important to touch on too, as we're trying to understand why this is important. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, people don't, I had a conversation with uh, somebody on Instagram um, last week on this very topic. Oh. Um, because they're asking like, you know, well, cars are regulated. So, you, you know, you don't have as many accidents. Well, mm-hmm. there are, there were 40,000, uh, motor vehicle fatalities last year. And that's, you know, oddly enough, that's like the same as firearm fatalities. And that's, that's including all the, um, gang related ones. And so she, uh, the woman asked like, you know, why aren't there more, you know, gun laws to prevent stuff like this from happening? Like there's, there's so many laws for, for, um, you know, cars and whatnot and regulations. And I, I told her, I'm like, look, like you, you don't know how many laws there are. Like I cannot protect myself. I cannot carry as a, um, it, I'm, I'm a resident of Indiana. So I have a concealed carry permit in Indiana. If I go to Chicago and I carry my, my permit is not valid there. Like I could get arrested for just having the ability to defend myself in Chicago. That's like saying your driver's license is good in Indiana, but it's not in Illinois. Like that is how asinine a lot of these gun laws are. I mean, I could go on for hours. Like, you know, if you want to have a a rifle with a barrel that's less than 16 inches, you have to pay the government a $200 tax, which is often the cost of the barrel. So a 100% tax on an item and you have to wait anywhere from six to nine months to get approved to install that so you can have a more compact rifle to defend your home with. Um, and if I were, if I wanted to take that even to another state that has, you know, uh, quote unquote gun friendly laws, I would need to write the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms and ask permission to bring it across state lines. And it's like, that's asking, that's like somebody with a, instead of driving a, Chevy Suburban, they want to drive a Toyota Prius. So you have to pay an extra tax because you have a smaller car. And then not only that, you have to ask the federal government for permission to take it across state lines. I mean, people don't realize how many, I mean, crazy laws that don't affect the lethality of the weapon. They don't make the weapon any more dangerous. Mm -hmm. They don't make it any, I mean, people don't understand how many laws are already on the books Mm -hmm. and why so many people like me who are second amendment activists are, are fed up and we're putting our foot down saying, look, no more laws. There, there are countless studies that have been done that show that more guns equal less crime when criminals, when criminals don't know when there, there's a, a a question of, Ooh, I don't know if these people are going to be carrying. I'm not going to go like, that's why you never see anyone rob a gun store. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> you, that's why you see people mm-hmm. rob a bank because guns aren't allowed in banks, mm-hmm. but that the criminals do not obey that. But if you can keep criminals second guessing there, you're going to see crime go down. Mm-hmm. But if they know everyone is technically not allowed to have a gun and all right. of these law abiding, abiding women walking in the parking lot, mm-hmm. if, if they are on, look like a decent law abiding citizen, then they're much more likely to be a target. Yeah. Right. And, it, and it, looking at, sorry. Sir, I I was just going to say, if you look at, you know, the mass shootings that have taken place in the past 30 years, 92% of them have taken place in gun-free zones where it's posted 
you are le- like legally not allowed to carry a firearm. And that's why these places are targeted. Mm-hmm. 92% of these wow. mass shootings. So it's like if, if we eliminated these gun-free zones, if we had you know armed security at our high schools, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't have this issue because criminals do not want to face that. They want soft targets. Mm-hmm. And if you can turn a soft target into a hard target, mm-hmm. you're going to see these numbers drop drastically. Hmm. Yeah. And if we look at places like, and people just talk, think about America and the gun issue. And again, they make it a gun issue, right? It's just the gun. If we just eliminated the gun. And that's the thing is that they don't just want to take away some guns. Like that is the real agenda is that they want to take away all guns. And right. they're looking at these other countries like Australia and even say England, for example, just look at the UK. Um, in the 1970s, they did away with basically the concept of self-defense. Like you don't have a right to self-defense is what the government um, decided. And so most people were not allowed to have handguns um, or don't have handguns. Um, so yet they banned handguns, but yet just last year, Right. The um, the mayor of London um, finally, finally, um, well, they, that's what their whole thing was. Their objective was to finally get to this point was that they banned knives because why? Because of, for the first time ever um, or re- recent history, London had more um, deaths than New York. Yeah. Homicides. And so they have yeah. more deaths in New York, but yet they have no, they have a ban on handguns. So it's not the gun. That's the issue. Again, it's not the tool. They're doing the same thing now. Um, that was a year ago. And now they're putting more implicate, you know, more regulations on the whole knife thing. And so, yeah, they banned knives because they said, well, okay, we still have homicides, even though we banned um, guns like 20, 30 years or 30, 40 years ago. Right. Um, it's still not working. People are still trying to kill people. It's crazy. Okay. Let's just, was just ban knives. Yep. That's not the that's the problem is that they think that is the actual issue. That's not the issue. The issue, especially believers, we have to continue to put into the fact that look, there's evil in this world. We are mm-hmm. sinners. There's evil in this world. Yeah. And it's not just mental health or mental and that's what people are talking about now. Like there is evil in this world or people are gonna use whatever means, whatever tool that they see available or have available, whether it's lawful or unlawful, because again there's criminals, so they right. don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, to to implement evil against other people, right? And then it's up to us to empower the law-abiding, those who are trying to do, to, to do good, to defend themselves and, and protect themselves. Because, yeah, the, gov- the government, the police are not, which is part of the government, they're not always going to be there. And yeah, I and- find it fascinating... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I, I was just going to say, and that's nothing against police. It's like you like, hey, right. you there's not enough police out there to have your own personal protector. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why Absolutely. you have the ability to defend yourself. And then on the flip side of that, I mean, yeah, L- London, the UK is still going this route where, oh, well, you know, we're, we're banning knives. So maybe that'll help. And it's like, no, like you literally you cannot own a pocket knife in in England. Wait, like, I have a question. If you're banning knives, how do you cut your steak? This is a very important question. Okay, so this is another thing. <laughs> like, it's hard to find, like, kitchenware. Like, what? you, it is, it is so absurd. Like, you can't, like, even, like, chef's knives. Like, it's so heavily regulated over there. And, like, on, on the flip side, like, I just wanted to go off what you were saying, Antonia. Like, as Christians, we believe that, you know, people aren't generally good. And I think mm-hmm. that's why it's so shocking to society. It's like, why are these people doing this? Like, this is this is crazy because like culture says, oh, you know, people are good. Where Christianity says, no, people aren't good. People are 
like we are born with a sin nature and Mm -hmm. that's why like so it's it's tragic but it's also not surprising when this stuff happens what's it what is surprising is that it doesn't happen more that's what we should be surprised at Mm -hmm. just considering like the capacity for evil that human beings have in their hearts like for example um in japan this happened less than a month ago some guy in kyoto ran into a, I believe it was like a video game design studio office building um, with a can of gasoline and a lighter and was yelling, die, 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 and sprayed gasoline over all these people in this office building, killed at least 33, injured dozens more. And he did this with gas and a lighter. It's awful. And it's, it's terrible, but it's like, what are you, are you going to ban gasoline and lighters now? Because somebody used it for a, you know, a wrong purpose. And it's like, no, like he didn't use it for its intended purpose. Like the firearm is used to defend your life. Mm-hmm. That's and and your Liberty. It's not like you can, yeah, sure. You can go and take it and do damage with it, but that's, it comes down to the individual. And that, that right. example shows like it's been illegal to own firearms in Japan. I think since the end of world war two, um, for civilians. And so, like it, it goes to show it's not a gun problem. It's a human heart problem. Like it's, right. it's a sin problem, but nobody wants to acknowledge that nowadays. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to just slap a, oh, that, that, that tool is bad. Mm-hmm. Let's just take right. it away. Yeah. Man, you guys, this is such, I think, a needed topic to talk about. It's a tough topic to talk about. I know there's so many different angles and questions that come up with it, but I think even just inviting the conversation was something that I wanted to do because it's something that for so long I didn't understand either. Um, And kind of like you said, it's something that almost you kind of are afraid of. It feels scary. It feels tough. It feels dangerous. But at the same time, when when you get into a situation or you or you hear or, or someone you love has been in a situation, someone that you know, and it suddenly becomes personal and it hits home, you start kind of looking at it differently. And so at least at least that's kind of been very helpful for me. So thank you so much for your time and for your heart and your story and for sharing and just educating me and my listeners just more on this and why it's an important thing to discuss and not shy away from or be fearful of because I think it really is a strong way to um, understand and to really embrace the empowerment that you do have from God and and the right you have from God to life. So that's all I have. Matt, do you have anything else? No. (laughs) Awesome. Great conversation. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Well, thanks so much, Antonio. We, We really appreciate you. Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.